if you're out to dinner and you're you are having that anxiety about like I'm not going to order the drink, I'm not going to order the drink. Yes, you can use breath to immediately calm your nervous system, and again, just maybe embody that confidence of that I'm I'm confident in my decision that this is what feels good to me. Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry, and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a clear-headed podcast. (sighs) This conversation with Sandy Abrams is a breath of fresh air, and I mean that quite literally. Sandy is a longtime entrepreneur and the author of Breathe to Succeed. We talk about how important breath work is and how it can be an incredibly useful tool for your sober care routine. She dives into her journey and talks about how small steps can equal big results. I want to start with how we start every conversation was if you can time travel with me a little bit and go back to that moment where you realized that alcohol wasn't serving you anymore, what was that like? It's probably been uh, 10 years um, where as I got older, I just realized I didn't like waking up the next morning Um, because I have a yoga class every single morning and I didn't like the feeling of after drinking, I just felt groggy. And the more I did it, the more I realized it just, I, I really enjoy feeling good. And so, and the feeling that I got from drinking wasn't, um, feeding my soul that night before it was just sort of habitual and maybe, um, you know, comfortable during conversations just to keep drinking without realizing maybe, and I'm a lightweight. So if I, if I had gone to like the third drink, then I just, I'm already buzzed enough to know that I shouldn't sit, keep drinking. And it just became, I just became aware of um, not liking the morning after. And then I feel like the timing worked out nicely because over the past couple of years, as you well know, there've been so many beautiful options of mocktails. So you can still have that drink in your hand, but feel good the next morning. And when, when I started to make that switch, it was just like, oh, like a no brainer, like all of a sudden, you know, cutting out white bread and and eating sourdough or like something that's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to stick with this. It feels so much better in my body and my mind. 10 years is such a long time ago. I mean, especially with like COVID and also just, it's a decade. It's a decade's worth of evolution. It's a decade's worth of knowledge and age and experiences lived. So congrats for 10 years being clear-headed. Woohoo, over 10 Thank years. You. And um, it's not to say that I, I haven't had um, beverages during that time, like if I'm at yeah. a wedding or a big event, but I will have one glass of champagne or, you know, one drink um, or maybe even just a couple sips yeah. and I'm good. So, but now, yes, I am totally clear-headed. I don't I even... Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, everybody's journey is unique to them. 
Um, and finding that balance that works for you is such an important stepping stone in your journey to getting towards maybe, you know, total, you know, sobriety or dry lifestyle. And sometimes it's not always that solution for everyone. So I'm happy that you, you share your uniqueness. I think what I like hear the most that's popping out to me is that you already had kind of like a wellness routine down before you decided to switch alcohol out with other alternatives. Do you feel like having that was helpful or created a stronger foundation for you to pivot to just another healthier choice? That's a great question, Kate. And um, I've never really thought about it, but definitely the answer would be yes. I think that anytime that we're self-aware of how we're feeling internally, mind, body connection, that then there are great ripple effects like that. And you realize, especially as we get older, as I said, that you realize that you are responsible for feeling good. And um, so, yeah, I would say being aware of the fact that I lived for my morning yoga classes, like even as an entrepreneur, I would always carve out that time in the morning. Like that was just I would never think of scheduling a meeting during my yoga time. And um, being as a parent, my kids are in their 20s now. When my kids were little, um, I also really needed that time for myself. And so um, filling my cup first, um, that analogy works well with, with drinking, um, filling my <laughs> cup with, <laughs> with spiritual practices and with time to myself and wellness habits definitely led to that moment of, wow, you know what? This is one of those things that's not really helping me feel better. You mentioned motherhood and bringing in you time, filling your cup. Pre-motherhood, did you have that same mentality? And if you did, did you observe it growing up as a child yourself? Or did you have to carve out that new habit of filling your cup first on your own? Pre-motherhood, um, I was an entrepreneur for several years, and I, it, my product that I had developed was part of the spa and beauty industry. So that's where I became aware of self-care and wellness, going exhibiting my product at spa trade shows, for example. And that really opened my eyes because before that, I was in my mid-20s, and I had already started doing yoga back in 1989. So I loved that spiritual practice and also the rigorous practice of it. But um, I didn't look at it as self-care. I looked at it more as exercise. Um, but I would say that was the beginning of my self-awareness of self-care. Then as I became a mom and I was juggling um, a business life, working from home before people worked from home back in the day and um, raising my kids, um, I realized that I really needed that time to myself in the morning or my whole day was just out of alignment, off. I felt more, um, you know, high strung and so that's when I realized um, when I had both, both sides, both business and children, when I realized if I don't put myself first, um, nobody's happy with me. 
I think the lesson that everybody learns, whether it's implementing thing, just implementing anything that betters you, whether that comes in the form of setting down alcohol, picking up yoga, going for a walk, uh, switching out gluten, you know, whatever that looks like, there's this experimental phase where you know it's better for you and you try to implement it. And then it's almost like, you know, you go back to it. You, you don't go to your yoga class or you pick up the drink at the, you know, the wedding and you feel that understanding of this doesn't serve me anymore. I think a lot of people struggle with how to move through those feelings and how to kind of breathe through that feeling of shame or guilt that you might be tempted to put on yourself. Did you ever feel that at any point? Um, And even if it wasn't with drinking necessarily, just being a mother, not going to a yoga class, you know, anything like that where, like, how did you move through any of those feelings if you did experience Mm -hmm. that? Um, I definitely think that, um, like I was also an emotional eater. Um, like at night I would get, I would crave sweets and eat a lot of sweets and also maybe have a glass of wine or a margarita. And I started to realize, um, when my kids were younger, also I started to gain a little bit of weight from like the, the sweets craving in the evening and then, um, drinking also at that time, I just, wasn't so mindful of about that. And so I think I didn't have any shame. I had shame more attached to the emotional eating versus the drinking part. Um, Mm. Yeah. And drinking was harder to give up at that time. Yeah. um, Because it was part of like, you know, the social aspect, like we would go out, we would, we made sure we had our once or twice a week date night, my husband and I, and it definitely involved drinking. Right. And so I had some shame around the emotional eating. Like when I was stressed, I was like, why, why can't I stop that? It was. Mm. And so I stopped the emotional eating first years before I had decided you know what? Drinking isn't really serving me anymore. And so I think that that helped me just make it more like a lifestyle change like I did with the nighttime eating. I realized if I do that, I'm going to just keep putting on weight and and, um, have an unhealthy relationship and also guilt and all of that surrounding the sugar cravings and all of that. And I guess without really realizing it or thinking about it, I used that same process with alcohol, just realizing Um, It's bringing me down. I am feeling guilty the morning after. And so it just became a sort of lifestyle change. I wanted to give it up. Listen, I still have challenges with both. I still sometimes crave that, that homemade chocolate chip cookie at night. And you know what? I'll make it. And then I'm good. But I also have no guilt attached to it. And same if, if, although, as I said, in the past even through pandemic, I realized, and that was a difficult time. I, I believe me, I wanted, I was baking the sourdough and banana bread like everyone else. Yeah. And I kind of wanted a glass of wine, but I honestly 
knew that it would be a slippery slope. Yeah. And I just, I, instead, I sort of had a little celebration every morning of like, oh, I'm feeling so good that, um, and I, I felt the importance of prioritizing well-being during pandemic that I didn't want to bring alcohol into my body. I was scared enough about immunity and everything else. So it made it that, that, that decision even stronger about just not drinking. Yeah. It sounds like I'm hearing that you first started with just questioning it, which I do think is kind of the through line of everyone's journey with alcohol and deciding to give it up, the curiosity part of sober curious or dry curious or however you want to word that. But it is like taking the time to ask those questions. And also like I've found that I ask the questions. It's whether I acknowledge that I'm asking them or not. You know, your brain is going to ask this, is this really the right choice? Is it not? Well, do I really want to do this? Do I not? It's really the acknowledge of the question. And it sounds like you did that. Beth Bowen, who's a creator and sober coach, is phenomenal. She's been on the podcast. She really has a great perspective on how to take it one step at a time. And it sounds like you did just that, where you started with one area that you knew didn't feel too far out of reach. Like you said, with your nighttime eating, sugar, that felt more approachable where you were at with your life than cutting out alcohol. And I think that's such an important acknowledgement in anybody's journey, you know, whether you're a single person out in the dating scene or you want to go out with friends and it seems too far off to cut out alcohol at that time or whether you're a mother or a spouse looking for a date night and it seems too hard to untether those glasses of wine with dinner. I think it's just good to give yourself permission to to not have to blow through those hurdles if you don't feel ready. Because you didn't do that and look at you now, you know, you, you have a new perspective. And so I just wanted to, to, to touch on that because I think it's important for people to hear. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think the step-by-step that you mentioned is so important and to be kind to yourself that if you, if, if you aren't dealing with sobriety, which I wasn't dealing with that issue, I was dealing with it just more for wellness and well-being. If you're not dealing with the sobriety issue, small steps are great. And if you end up having one glass of wine or whatever, just be kind to yourself and think about how it felt and move forward accordingly. And that's what I love about what you and Sarah are doing is that, and especially the name, Clear Headed, because for me, again, it wasn't a sober issue. It was a clear headed issue. Yeah. And I and today, especially the work that you're both doing at a time when there are so many delicious and even nourishing um, ways that we can have a, co- a mocktail. It's, it just, it still feels celebratory. And some of them um, that I've learned about from both of you, you know, have these adaptogens in them, they taste delicious, mm-hmm. and you actually feel like um, you're doing something good for your body while you are still feeling social, holding that cocktail. And um, because I do have to say, 
I've gone through what I know some people go through on that sober journey that even if I wasn't on that journey, people at a party would be like, you're not drinking. And I wouldn't have a reason to say like, no, I just, I, I don't, I want to feel good in the morning. I would never have had the courage to say that. And I think now I, w- I will say, uh, yeah, I don't drink anymore because I, it doesn't feel good. And sleep is really important to me and waking up healthy is really important. Um, but I think that that um, comes with time. And so those just the small steps of um, changing your decision and changing your mindset and being in today's environment makes it so easy because of all the neuroscience now that's out too, that, yeah. you know, it's just like, it's proven that even one drink really affects your nervous system and it affects your sleep. And, um, you know, sleep is a core pillar of wellness. And so, you know, people can make their decision, whether it is based on sobriety or well-being now with the science and also with the products that are out there that just um, leave you feeling happy and clear-headed. Yes, totally. Well, thank you. That's such, that's so kind. Um, I mean, I'm so happy that you like what we're doing with Clear Headed. I love what you're doing and what you have been doing. I think you mentioned that you really started getting into yoga in like 1989. Was yoga a big deal? I mean, I just feel like you're always and you have been a step ahead in terms of betterment, giving people tools, giving people access and kind of teaching people how to, whether that's moisturize your skin to now going inwards with your breath, all of these things that like are just all a step ahead. Um, do, Do you feel like you've always been a step ahead? Like how do you see yourself in the businesses and the kind of mindset that you have had and have created? Thank you. That's so sweet. And yes, I've been told by many sometimes in in a negative way, like, oh, that's you're ahead of your time, like with breath. Prior to pandemic, my book came out, Breathe to Succeed in 2019. And when I was pitching it to different places to talk about, people would say like, you know, it's too woo woo. It's too out there. You're ahead of your time. People were still getting used to yoga even in the mainstream. And um So it's interesting that you say that. And when I started yoga back in 1989, it was only because um, I was selling um, real estate at the time. I had just gotten into real estate. And um, again, that was sort of um, entrepreneurial. Like I had to create all my opportunities myself. And one of my my first client actually on my own was... um, this woman who had this incredible way about her. She had a lot of difficult decisions about real estate at that time. And um, she would never make a decision like right at that time, she would say like, I'll get back to you. And she would always come back with this cool, clear headed sort of um, (laughs) mode about her. And I said like, wow, how do you, you really think things through and all of that. And she said, oh no, I just went to yoga class and that helps me clear my head or, you know, get clarity. And I was like, wow. And it was that day I signed up for yoga because I could walk to the same studio that she was going to and um, had my aha moment with, wow. I had never actually, um, I was very, 
type A personality and very high strung and very fast paced. And that was exactly what I needed at that moment was to have this meditative practice, but to be able to do it while moving and tap into pausing and connecting with myself and taking charge of my thoughts and mindset. I had never done that. And that was a 30 some odd year journey that led me to um, wanting to teach people about breath and mindfulness. Because now in our modern world, whether or not people are wired like I am wired, now we're all sort of have ADD from just the constant notifications on our devices and the always, you know, being connected to our devices. And I just felt called to share this tool that while it's new to many people, it's been around for thousands of years, just like yoga. And they're also like yoga. Breathwork has so many different modalities to it. You can do a restorative yoga class. You can do a really rigorous yoga class. And I also think that it also sort of lends to our discussion right now about wellness, that you find what works for you in your journey, whether it is finding a type of yoga or finding breathwork tools or tools for mental health and well-being, you find what works for you. And eventually, I think because of companies like Clearheaded and these amazing entrepreneurs who are developing these mocktails and, and other things for sober curious people or wellness-based people that it's, it's just a matter of um, finding what works for you in order to take charge of your own wellness and well-being. And today, I think it's just such an important time as technology becomes only more and more immersive in our daily lives. We need to stay connected to ourselves, to our humanity and to our well-being and our mental health. And I think drinking is a major decision um, that people need to consider as they um, age, of course, and there's different phases in life where, um, you know, maybe you feel like you've sown your oats or you've been there, done that. And then you feel like, you know what, I'm ready to, it's not about giving something up. It's just about changing your lifestyle. Yeah. I so agree. I'm so on that tip. We're on the same team in terms of you really aren't giving anything up. You're gaining so much. And sometimes that can be overwhelming. You know, you're gaining your feelings back, the good and the bad, especially when you are so used to like me numbing those feelings. And alcohol used to be my teammate in handling those feelings. And uh, even like understanding it's like once you understand that that's actually not your teammate, it's like your enemy, like they're working against you, that loss that you feel, that grief, it's real for a lot of people. It was real for me in, in like the only thing in my mind that was stable is now not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually ca- causing me qu- uh, all of my instability. It was a mind blow. And I yes. think – Breathing through that is really important. I love what you're creating and what you're doing for so many reasons. Number one, I think 
breathwork is a fantastic tool when people are new or old or mid-aged or long-term, short-term in the not drinking process because of I'll go and use an example that you you said yourself, the tethering of how prevalent alcohol is in everyday situations and how you have to face that anxiety uh, when you do go out and you want to go to dinner for the first time and you don't know what to order. What does that feel like in your body and how can you breathe through it? And what are some techniques that only you'd even know that you need to you're breathing in holding for and exhaling for x amount of time you could do it at the dinner table you can go into the bathroom it's such a easily accessible tool for people I also love what you I mean touched on even in a panel that I just watched you on You got it with you at all times. Your breath is not leaving you. It's not costing you money. It's not making you sign up for a, you know, 12-week boot camp that takes (laughs) you out of work. Like you just work with what you got and what you got is more than enough, which I really love. Um, I also think, like you said with, with wellness and your wellness routine and, you know, what we call our sober care routine at Clearheaded, breath work can evolve with you depending on the time in your life, what you need it for. When Mm -hmm. you first got into it, where were you in terms of like how often did you start to use breath work? And then how has that evolve to where you are now in terms of how often you reach for this tool that you're now kind of the master of? First, I want to say I'm not the master of it. What I love about (laughs) breath is that I, I am still a student. And what I love about it is that it never gets old. I don't Mm. want to feel like I've mastered it because I mean, life is challenging every single day, but I feel so empowered that that I've got breath to utilize to help control my mindset, my nervous system, my emotions. And, um, and just like you said, I love that you said, like, um, if you're out to dinner and you're, you are having that anxiety about like, I'm not going to order the drink. I'm not going to order the drink. Yes, you can use breath to immediately calm your nervous system. And again, just maybe, embody that confidence of that I'm I'm confident in my decision that this is what feels good to me. And you really don't even need to go um, to the restroom to just start to breathe in that way where when you lengthen your exhales, that's what taps into a relaxation stage in your nervous system. So just as the waiter is coming around the table, maybe that's when somebody just pauses for a second. Nobody even knows. And you inhale. And then you take a really slow exhale. And literally there's science behind it. That one deep, slow breath with that long exhale calms your nervous system. And maybe that very first time where you don't order the drink and you and then you order a mocktail or your sparkling water with lime or whatever it is. And then you sort of just pause for that second and notice... Hmm 
it wasn't that bad because you know that you made a decision about being sober or about feeling better or whatever it is. And so, so yeah, so when I began with breath work, um, and I talk about this in my TEDx talk that came out last year where i um, called how you breathe is how you are. I talked about that aha moment in a yoga class, um, where it was just three deep breaths that, that helped me to connect to myself and feel stillness and feel inside of my body for the first time ever. I had never felt that I knew how to go inside my body and be connected. And that's what I also admire about you and Sarah, just at your age, like now being so wise about um, sobriety and all of the effects, like, you know, at, at such a young age. And I admire that you can inspire other young people because I feel like in my 20s, that was the biggest gift those three deep breaths gave me was that wow, it made me curious. If I could feel that way on my yoga mat, what if I took those three deep breaths off my yoga mat and into my life as an entrepreneur at that time, instead of like being nervous about not knowing, um, I have a degree in journalism. I knew nothing about business. I was in the business world. So I would take those three deep breaths to help me fake it till I make it, help me get over my imposter syndrome, help me to have confidence when I had no business doing selling real estate or when I started my business. I didn't even know the difference between wholesale and retail or what a purchase order was. And I was dealing, my first client in my entrepreneurial product life was Bed Bath & Beyond. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And so I used breath and it was just those three deep breaths for years. Then I started to experiment because I took yoga teacher training for a deeper dive. And I began to also just learn about other breath tools that would calm, balance, or boost my nervous system. And it was, again, sort of like a sober journey or or a clear-headed journey, step by step. I started to experiment with um, different breath tools for different things and um, realized which ones I loved, which ones didn't resonate. And then maybe it, was, it took 10 years again for something. I go, oh yeah, there's a breath tool that I didn't like back in, in you know, 10 years ago, but now I really love it. And so again, it's sort of like your palate evolves too. And maybe you didn't like broccoli back in the day, but now that you know the <laughs> nutritional value, maybe you'll yeah. deal with it. Or maybe you are craving that, that alcohol-based drink, but you realize this mocktail can taste really similar. And so I just feel like it was a beautiful, organic evolution of understanding how breath helped me to feel better, whether that meant, it didn't always mean calming myself. Sometimes it meant boosting myself to give myself the confidence to go to a meeting that I didn't feel like maybe I could even manage or something like that. So, yeah, so I I think that it's a fun evolution. And what I love about breath also is that it's customizable. So you can take any breath tool that I share with you and make it your own. And you do it in different moments than I might do it. But you know that it helps empower your mind 
to be able to make better decisions as well. So like turning to it in a sober journey, I think is so grounding and calming, but also boosting and uplifting and helping you along the way. Because those first months or years, those decisions um, are difficult and they also have really bigger consequences. So I think that breath goes hand in hand with with clear-headed in that yeah. respect. I agree. I agree. Um, I, you know, am still figuring out how to take a pause and how to slow down. And alcohol was that quick, quick solution for me. And I'm over two years with no alcohol and I still am trying to find what tools work best when I do need to to take pause and to get in touch with my body. And I, I love breath work and I want to get more into it. And I'm so glad that there are people like you out there who give knowledge abundantly because mm-hmm. that is so important to have an abundance of tools and knowledge and examples so thank you for breathing through it. Maybe that's what we'll call call this episode, breathing through it. Um, I want to just finish up our conversation and I feel like I don't even need to ask this question because we've talked about your tool in your quote unquote sober care routine, which is breath. Is there anything else that you are reaching for to – fill a purpose that maybe a drink used to for you way back when? Yeah. I mean, I think I just, I love feeling um, sort of that moment of victory um, that you might have when you don't order that glass of alcohol. I love feeling that every day in different ways and also not feeling the guilt of if I want to do something indulgent, like again, my sweet tooth or something like that. But also I love nature. I love being outside in nature. And so I use that also as a sort of therapy to reconnect to myself, take a walk outside, breathe in the sunshine, the blue skies, the the cold weather, whatever it might be. I think that um, those things are really important to have, <coughs> excuse me, have those tools um, that we all have at some point in our lives used alcohol for that numbing and breath can also help you instead of numbing, but it it can help you feel calm and then give you the clarity that you need um, to continue on a journey. So I just, I would recommend that people enjoy those little moments of victory. Um, throughout the day, like breathing into your favorite morning beverage, your coffee, your tea, your new tonic or elixir, whatever it might be. And just pausing, taking time to pause for even 30 seconds to feel good throughout the day. And then what happens is your body begins to crave those moments of feeling good. And you come back to those more often. And then you realize what has fallen by the wayside. And hopefully it is those things that aren't really good for your body and your mental health. Yes, absolutely. Well, 
I feel like I'm inhaling gratitude and information and exhaling stress and confusion. So thank you for this very insightful episode. I will have to do more with you because this is just so informative. Thank you so much for sharing with me. Thank you, Kate. I'd love to breathe with you anytime. And um, yeah, we'll have to do like an experiential session too to help people give them the tools for when they are challenged um, okay. in, in their sober Follow-up episode coming soon. Follow-up episode to come. Thank you, Kate and Sarah and Clearheaded. I yes. appreciate it. For more guidance on building your sober care routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. (laughs) 